I think that's important when you are founding something and you, you have founding partners in something. The skill sets have to be complementary. Right. Because uh, internal competition will surely defeat your, your mm-hmm. mission before you start. Create your life. Create a propre vie. Create your life. Create your life. Create la tua vita. Beautiful people, happy, happy Sunday. This is the Create Your Life series. I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown. And uh, it's one of those those great days, man. The weather's uh, kind of nice. They're treating us still good here in uh, New York, you know, in October. Still a little bit warm out here. With uh, Shout out to everybody tuning in on uh, the Facebook Live, Dave Baldwin, um, Catherine Ignacio, Carl Ulysses, and many, many others. Um, I think the biggest things that uh, I want to talk about in this catch-up today are uh, the power of decisions, man. Um, I had to make some really hard decisions over this last week, and one of them was, what do I go to my 10-year homecoming reunion, or do I stay in New York and actually uh, participate in the classes for the accelerator program that we're the, that I'm in? You know, out of was selected to be in a program. They select 30 people out of 300, and I actually made that sacrifice, and I did not go down to my homecoming. There was five homecomings going on at one time, so that that was tough. Tough decision, but definitely one that um, I'm happy that I made. Um, so, you know, shout out to Clark Atlanta, all of my people who was out there at the tailgate. You know, that's what I really wanted to go for, uh, HBCU love. At the same time, shout out to everybody who went to Spelman and Morehouse, enjoyed their home coming down there, as well as Georgia Tech and Georgia State. Um, the other thing that I want to talk about is being vulnerable. Uh, yesterday during my class, I signed up to be a volunteer uh, to have my company evaluated by my peers. And... I basically can tell you that we had to, we did a customer development model. That's what the entire class was about. And during that, we literally uh, tore each other's companies apart and kind of built on it and literally got out in the street and uh, did customer development, meaning talking with people, trying to understand the way that they think and things like that, and kind of found a lot of great insight by actually talking with people about uh, what they like about um, goal setting, what they like about uh, podcasts and radio shows, why they listen, why they don't listen. And I think that one of the biggest values is that I took away from that entire class is, uh, number one, that being vulnerable helps you accelerate faster because if you don't put yourself out there, then people don't know necessarily how they can help you. Um, and then also that customer development is more so about really getting out and understanding and being able to empathize with your customer. And that if you don't do that, you can try to stay behind the emails and things like that. But a survey will not help you um, when it comes to really, really getting to know people and understanding what it is that they need and that they desire. And uh, with that being said, understanding people's needs and desires, I want to uh, bring in our two guests who we have here coming all the way from Brooklyn, right? Yeah. All the way from Brooklyn, uh, Miss Lindsay Day and Mr. Nkrumah. Uh, please say hello to the Create Your Life. Hello, Hello. thanks for having us. Yes, man. Very happy to be here. Yes, I'm happy that y'all are here, too. Uh, So Create Your Life Series family, they are both from California, 
you know, I'm the crewman's from Pomona and uh, Lindsay's from Sac, you know, down my way. Uh, yeah, <laughs> NorCal. So uh, all California love, man. But um, you guys are the uh, co-founders of Crown Magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us a little bit more about what Crown Magazine is and how you guys got started. Okay. You want to take this one? I mean, Crown, <laughs> Crown is the spaceship. <laughs> Crown is a vehicle. It's a platform for black women to have their say and to be represented in the realest way. Um, and we're striving for that all the time. Um, and it is a labor of love, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's for sure. Yeah, I think it's, <clears throat> you know, we often have this conversation about representation, which is, of course, so important. You can't be what you can't see. There's all of these things. And I all love of that these quote. Things, you know, statistics that back that up. But I think owning that representation is that next mm-hmm. step. And that's really something that um, we are really committed to is, ownership it's one of our brand pillars and you know we all have hair and we all love to you know do different things with it. but at the end of the day it's a representation of ourselves and our identity in in ways but it we're here to address the whole woman okay and why do you feel like uh natural hair has had this explosion you know what i mean to the point to where you feel like you know even in today's world where everything is digital you guys are a print magazine Mm -hmm. you know and you're you know thriving uh, so to speak. So how do you feel like that? Why is natural hair so important Important, and why was there a need to uh, get out here and actually, you know, do print versus just digital? It's one of those things where, like, you, you can't predict it. You don't really see it coming. But if you pay close enough to the uh, attention to the culture, then you you'll see when there are shifts in culture. Mm. And as an entrepreneur, that's one of the best ways to identify an opportunity is when you see culture about to change or if culture is, has recently made a change. And for us, just the timing worked out um, where the, the natural hair YouTuber was was a thing. Like, mm-hmm. you were seeing sisters have YouTube channels and get crazy numbers, and all they're doing is talking about what they're doing to their hair today. And something about that just grabbed us. Like, wait a minute, like... There's interest here. These women are taking to these platforms to express themselves because they don't see themselves represented, you know, in in mainstream media. So they created their own representation. And and so we came really not to do anything new, but to formalize mm-hmm. what was happening in the culture. Right. We we right. put it down in a formal way and we, we felt like print was a print made it significant. Right. You know. Right. And, and the women that he's talking about, these are, you know, it's us, it's our mothers, it's our cousins, our family, it's our friends. And so mm-hmm. I think when it's one thing to see something and be like, oh, black girl magic, let's mm-hmm. try to do something with this. But it's another thing to operate out of a sense of service to your people, like your people really in your life and then expanding out, out you know, from yeah. there. I think um, really wanting to serve like I think we can all agree that there's been a dearth when it comes to representation, but then just, like, helpful hair tips and, like, right. seeing things that you would want to aspire to for black women with their hair. Um, just, like, the hair that grows out of our head. Like, it's nothing right. crazy. It's just, you it's know, just, it just is what it is. something that we've been looking for. for and a and uh, so, personally, I, I've been natural since the 80s, you know. <laughs> but I've also been a fan of natural women since I was a boy. Um, and... To, to be able to see this, I was at a friend's house um, about a week ago, and I literally saw a Crown magazine right there. Oh, yeah. mm. And 
it was so dope because I was like, oh, you know what? I met them before. You know what I'm saying? I, I've had conversations with you both. And I was like, those are two dope people doing something. But when I looked at it, I was like, man, you know what? I could see this being 20 years from now and somebody's like, yeah, I got that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, they got a stack of yep. Crown magazines because your covers, because your imagery is so uh, so clear and the mission is so clear. Um, where did you guys come up with the name? Because it's Crown, but it's C-R-W-N. I love that play on words, you know, leaving the O out. You know what I mean? Man. Taking it, no was losses. A, it was like the alchemist. <laughs> <laughs> it was a it journey was like, for sure. It went okay. around in a circle. I don't know. I think it came pretty early, but then we tried to like rule it out almost. Like we were I, like, is it too? It, is it too? Yeah. It, it, we went through a lot of like research and like just and search. Mm-hmm. Like I, I even remember, you know, us walking around Brooklyn and I have this exercise that I do um, for ideation, mm-hmm. and it's word association from labels, and uh, wine stores are good for that, or and bookstores are good for that. So we went to a bookstore and just looked at book titles, Everything. looking for words that jumped out mm-hmm. at us. Um, we went to a, a liquor store and just looked at shelf after shelf of wine, trying to find a name that would jump out to us. Mm-hmm. And Crown was just something that came up early, and really right at the last minute, we was like, we're playing ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> let's just let's go crown. back let's to go. one. Like, mm-hmm. Let's not just, make this complicated. Right. We're going to be walking around in circles and not start. Like, let's just go. And but we'll, the, the yeah. word has significance and meaning mm-hmm. because, you know, obviously the crown is at the top of your head. It's the Absolutely. utmost. And, and it re- represents uh, the mind. Like, we, we want to engage black women in higher thought mm. at, at a time when all of the content is in the, the animal self. All of the content is super ratchet, yeah. driven by by all of the desires, you understand? Absolutely. So we wanted to create a platform where you have all of these women who are college educated, like no generation before them, mm-hmm. and they have no like no real conversation. No one is trying to give them no real conversation, mm-hmm. and that's, that's mm-hmm. what Crown is about. It's about you know, giving black women a, be, a platform to be real people. Not like mm-hmm. something for the amusement of the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Right. So, one of the things that I that I see is I know that you guys have carved out your own lane, especially what you just said. You know, your mission to give uh, allow Black women to be real in their particular space. How does Crown uh, differentiate from a, a Essence magazine or Ebony magazine, which have been around for so long, um, and have you know are the magazines uh, for uh, Black women for so long? Like, how does how does um, Crown differentiate? I mean, they paved the way. They they've been here for a long time, yeah, a long so time. that that is a big differentiator for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, I don't think we would be here without them. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and but I think we're we happen to be born into a digital age, and that changes the way that we approach, you know, the nuts and bolts even of our business and how we structure it mm-hmm. and. Of course, that goes into how we produce content and how we distribute that content and all of those things. So um, I think, you know, there, I wouldn't, it's not really a comparison. It's like, a, I think it's like a continuation of our story, a you know. Um, it's like we are grown. We could keep sitting here and saying, well, why doesn't so-and-so do this? Or like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, or we Facts. could make it. Yeah. <laughs> like you kind of have to 
um, take ownership and take responsibility at a certain point, or you kind of have to shut up. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, listen, like, like you could talk about it up. for a long time. But So for you guys, how I know you guys both were working in music at one point, correct? Well, you I come from tech. Ways. Yeah, you come from tech and you come in, uh, from the music space. What inspired you to uh, want to be um, entrepreneurs? Like, what was that? What was that defining moment that said, you know, we got to jump out the window and really, you know what I mean, get this crown thing going, right? Because some people sit in the ideation phase for so long. For me, I, I've always known my entire career has been pulling at me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in every, every job I ever had, mm-hmm. I was always underpaid and my, my resources and my skills were underused. Mm. And... And I would always find myself being frustrated working in systems that weren't about making shit happen, but were more so about um, just people saving their jobs and spinning their wheels. Mm-hmm. And so for me, you know, I want to be effective. I want to get right. busy. I want to produce because yeah. I'm a creative person. And so mm-hmm. I... I it was a, a long journey for me to discover that if I wanted to really be able to do that in the a, in a most powerful way, it would have to be risking my own dollar in mm. addition to my own time. Mm. Love that. How about you, Lindsay? Yeah, I feel like that that resonates with me a lot. And I often hear, now that I'm in this role, I hear that reflected back a lot to me by a lot of the young people that we come in contact with, whether it's you know, people who are interning or recent graduates or looking to, you know, it's it's that feeling of I have so much energy and all of these things to give, but not really. Uh, like I was literally told in certain roles, like, just focus. On, like, you don't need to think about that. Just focus on this. And, mm-hmm. you know, to some extent, that is part of, you know, maturing and like learning the ropes and all of that thing. But another part of it is like, in certain cor- corporate structures, it's just a, it's very certain roles can be very monotonous, and that's not really the way I'm set up. Mm-hmm. And so I think at first, like if I'm looking back, I was always like into business and always trying to make some money or right, make right, up right. something hustle, as a kid, you know. But I think it wasn't until I was actually in the corporate world and like you know had interned and stuff. But when you're working and you're committing so much time every day, it causes you to really look at, okay, how do I want to spend this time? And so I started a digital platform after hours and just, you know, this was, I don't even know, like 10 years ago maybe or something. Mm. But, you know, I dabbled on working on blogs and like that's actually how we originally met. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. What's the backstory of you guys' collaboration? Because when I seen you guys, so (laughs) I initially met you guys, man, was it probably over a year ago at Sirius when you you were speaking on the panel. I was like, yo, y'all are dope, you know, whatever, whatever. I really want to have y'all on the show. But I saw the chemistry that you guys had there, you know what I mean, where it was kind of like just like the yin and yang, like Superman and Superwoman, Batwoman and Batman. Like, you know what I mean? Um, how did you How did you guys connect, and how long have you even known each other? Yeah. Long, like maybe long, 10 years? Like over 10 years, I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, we met years ago. We worked on the same blog. I creative directed, and she was editor for a blog called Live Elevated okay. in L.A. many years ago. And so we kind of, it's interesting because we kind of worked together in the same capacity then. Nice. And With a lot less knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> Naturally. Um, and then we just always kept good rapport. Yeah. And, you know, all those years later, mm-hmm. I found myself in New York um, on business, and I stopped in 
just to check Lindsay out and just say, you know, just to catch up. And um, we and we came up with Crown that first visit. Mm-hmm. Mm. Was, so you were just here for a couple of days. I was then? here for a couple of days. Nice. And but I was being very intentional because I was flying on a corporate dime. <laughs> so I was like, yo, they got me in New York all the time. So I'm about to come out here and build a network. And the, one of the first things that you know I thought to do was to check in with my folks that came from LA. Mm-hmm. That's out here. Yes. But I think okay, okay. the timing just happened to work out. Like, it was like, in our various ways, we both were like, it's time to get off the plantation. And we okay. was like, yeah. you know, we needed a partner to run with. And mm-hmm. it was kind of like, I don't know. I think there was a lot of energy. I think a lot of times people find themselves in, in a position in their careers where they're like, stuck between like, do I go? Do I stay? Do I, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think I I had towed the line for a long time, so yeah. I had a side hustle at for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I think it was just that alignment of our skills, our skill sets, because he is very, you know, has the tech background and has the technical mm-hmm. skills and, like, can put up a website in a couple hours, but I can't do those things. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I, you know, do a lot of the biz dev and the, um, you know, the words of all sorts. Um, and so I think it was just timing for both of us and then, the skills that align and it was just like kind of never looked back from there. And that's, I think that's important when you are founding something and you, you have founding partners in something, the skill sets have to be complementary, right? Because, uh, internal competition will surely defeat your, your Mm -hmm. mission before you start. That is very true. Mm. I like that. That's, that's powerful. That internal competition. So what would you say are some of, other than making sure that you can, um, that you have complementary skill set, what would you say are some of the other things, uh, components of a, of a strategic and great partnership? Because I know there has to be mm-hmm. times where you guys are kind of maybe not seeing eye to eye. Of course, you know each other for so long, so you know how you work. But, mm-hmm. you know, during that those times of, you know, there might be a little bit of frustration or um, there might be, you know, things might not be going as smoothly as you want. What are some of the key strategies that you do um, in order what, to bring it back? The, f- the first thing is that when the skill sets are truly, like, complementary and mm-hmm. aligned in that way, in those those areas of contention, you always feel comfortable deferring to the other person because mm. you're like, well, this is how I feel, and this is what my take is on it, but I know you have more experience. And this is not even a conversation. This is just a thought. It happens right. that quick. Right, right, right. You know, mm-hmm. like, It's kind of right. instinctual. Like, I... I don't go over his shoulder like, what's going on with this thing? Mm. Like, can you move it over here? To, like, he knows that, so mm-hmm. you do that. If he is like, hey, what do you think about this photo versus this photo? Or, mm-hmm. like, this positioning versus that? I'll be like, yeah. But I'll always be like, but at the end of the day, that's your decision. Right, right. You he know, because I, I can't do that. It, okay. also, it also comes with uh, being very clear on your values up front, being mm-hmm. very clear on your mission and objective. Mm-hmm. And you know, from the from the onset, we knew that we, you know, one of our sort of a guiding light for us was that we had to provide value for the women that we were trying to reach and to mm-hmm. serve. And mm-hmm. so, like when you reconcile your conversations, your your decisions against like your original intentions, then that helps to you know check you when maybe there is disagreement. Mm. So having purpose to begin with and being clear about that and then also documenting those things so that you have something to refer to. Like to start with, we we did a lot of writing just to put every our initial energy and ideas on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it cracks us up because we go back to it every once in a while and we're mm-hmm. like, dang, 
we we were we thought about all of these different <laughs> things all the way back then, and then mm. we, there was something there for us. Right. So you know, and a lot of times stuff feels like it was like this new idea, and then you're like, oh wow, we definitely had this <laughs> thought a long time ago. We just didn't. We couldn't have imagined how it would necessarily manifest because we didn't have what we have currently. And how important is that flexibility for you? You know what I mean? Because oftentimes people are so concerned with how it looks, you know what I mean, and that they get, they try to constrain, you know, the, the, the variables. How mm-hmm. important is that flexibility for you guys to say, you know what, I know that this is the end goal, but getting there, you know what I mean, I might have to do X, Y, and Z versus just X. I mean, we pivot and adapt constantly. Like, it's just like... You know, when you're putting together something that has, like, 45 pieces of content and, like, four people that may have been shot in that piece of content and then a writer and some editors and Mm -hmm. this and that. And, like, it's, like, everything, you know, everything, it's just, like, you kind of have to, you can't catch everything in Mm -hmm. some sense, but you have to... um, I don't know. I kind of one, one thing that's interesting about us is that the way we operate is completely contrary to the culture right yeah. now. The culture is set to real time, immediacy, instant gratification. Mm-hmm. But we we're we're compiling content that may have been created a year ago that no one has ever seen. Mm. Right. And there's a certain kind of discipline that you have to have in going through that process. And our minds work in a different way. Like we 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 are very intentional about what the destination is and about what the finished product looks like, but we have the patience for it to be a massive work in progress. Right. Like, I think in the beginning, it was more like, you know, you felt very emotionally tied to a lot of the content in a way, and it was Mm -hmm. like, oh, my gosh, like, this has to... But I think the takeaway is that, like, it can always be a different way. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, it doesn't have to be the original vision um, you know, people fall out, people go MIA, stuff doesn't yeah, turn out how you thought it was going to look, you know, and you can't just publish it and be like, well, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. It's right, going right. to tarnish, like, your reputation, you know? Mm. So it's like trusting that if you are supposed to work with someone, you will work with them and you'll make it happen. And, you know, maybe you have to reshoot it or maybe it happens a different way. Right. Um, but I think uh, I mean, with business in general, it's like removing that emotional barrier, I think, is sometimes mm-hmm. the hardest thing. Mm. Because especially when it's a creative pursuit, you're very attached to what you want to get across and all those things. But mm. at the end of the day, like, it's a business. And so you have to, you have to, I think we always run everything past our brand pillars and past our business model. And it's like, if it doesn't pass that, then don't pass go. And I like your brand pillars. Uh, sisterhood, authenticity, knowledge of self, self-love, and ownership. Correct. Yeah, I did a little okay, research. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Got, the, got to. Got yeah. the pillar. Hey, nah. <laughs> I, f- I feel them. You know, how did you even come up with those pillars? Man, that was a long time ago. They came, they came from the, the first first or second conversation. And it's really, um, what's the technique you taught me? Is it empathy <laughs> something? Knows? Oh, empathy mapping. Right, yeah. like it's this idea. I was doing that yesterday. So oh, that's what? what I was talking yeah, about with the, uh, with the customer development. Okay. Yeah. So, like, I said to her, as a marketer, I'm like a, a method actor. I like to put myself in the mind of mm. the audience that I'm trying to communicate with. And she's like, oh, well, I got a process for that. <laughs> <laughs> so very early Compliment. on. Compliment. Right. <laughs> right. Styles compliment. Right. We, um, We're just big nerds. We just say be like, word. Ooh. That's the only way to be. <laughs> very early on, we went through the process of drawing up an empathy map 
and mm-hmm. understanding really what's important and what are the drivers and motivators mm-hmm. for the women that we're trying to reach. Mm-hmm. And those those values seem to be important and they seem to represent the spirit of the time. That's mm-hmm. that's also a major thing. Time, 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 mm-hmm. time, time. Mm-hmm. Timing is everything. Mm-hmm. Never mind your plan. Never mind your idea. Like I've had a hundred really, really, really good ideas in my career, mm-hmm. but none of them has been as as well timed as Crown. It just the timing just worked out. Mm. You know, I love that. I, f- I feel the same way about Create Your Life. You know, I've done a lot of things. You know, I've worked in fashion, host for MTV, <laughs> speaker all across the world. But I feel like this is just so in alignment with just seeing people win. That's like the biggest thing for Create Your Life. I just mm-hmm. want to see other people create their life and win. So um, that being said, I want to cut to a quick musical break and we'll come back um, with uh, Lindsay and Nkrumah. So Create Your Life Series family, if you have any questions for these two people, please call in 212-650-6903. We will be back. Beautiful people, this is the Create Your Life Series. I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown, and we are back with Lindsay and Nkrumah for Crown Magazine. Uh, y'all with me? Please say what's up what's to the happening? family. Hey, <laughs> we are back. So before we left, you guys were blessing us uh, with your strategies, especially in regards to teamwork. Um, coming back in, um, I want to ask you guys more about the business of uh, running a, a print magazine in the digital age and also mixing in that digital with it. So um, how how important is the plan of action and focusing on MMA is what I call money making activities. Uh, <laughs> You know, for, uh, you know, your magazine, because sometimes we we get caught up in the glitz and glamour stuff and we forget about the bottom line. Mm -hmm. So how important is it to have that, you know, that focus and that plan of action? The most important. Ever. (laughs) I mean, if it's a business, if it's like something you're doing for fun, then, Mm -hmm. you know, feel free. But, yeah, you like it. It has to like we were saying before, like it has to kind of go against those pillars and our business model. And so. Yeah, day-to-day activities, it's like how do we get closer to moving product forward, to closing business, to selling magazines? Like, those are typically, like, the things. I mean, you, when you are, when you're for real Mm -hmm. and you just is out here and you know know that nobody is laying out your bowl every two weeks, (laughs) then that means everything counts. You're playing for points and you got to put points on the board and so... It, it doesn't take very long. Once that savings gets low, it doesn't take very long for you to understand, like, whoa, if I don't ref- develop and refine a product and sell it mm-hmm. or a service and sell it, I'm not going to make rent. So I better do it. And then you do it. Hmm. What are or you don't. Or you don't. <laughs> right. And you take that L, then you're back to just doing a hobby, right? Yep. Yeah. Mm, makes sense. What are some of the... What are some of the revenue streams of Crown, like magazine? Of a, you know what I mean? A print magazine and a digital age. Like, what are some of the ways that um, you... You know, some of them are similar to traditional. So it's selling an actual magazine, ex- except our, you know, our price point, we sell for 20 So that's different than, like, a newsstand, mm-hmm. you know, kind of weekly or monthly. Um, we also... Um, sell advertisements which is traditional absolutely um but we just you know we have different ways of approaching um Mm -hmm. advertising and that's something that's really important to us is not just um slapping like a page that looks like 
whatever right. next to, you know, everything. And not filling it up with a million ads, too. Mm. Like, we want um, we want our content to, to serve once again. So um, even in the av- advertising, um, advertorial is something that we use and we um, prefer to do so that the, pr- the reader gets something and will continue to want to purchase. Uh, mm-hmm. But the advertiser is actually getting their message across in a more authentic and helpful and organic way at mm. the end of the day, then, Very important. you know, ad blindness is a real thing. And the, the reason why our advertisers can enjoy that is because from the beginning, we set out to make a magazine to tell a story and to connect with the reader, mm-hmm. not as a vehicle for for advertisement. So right. with that, with the, how, how that manifest itself in real life is you go to the newsstand and you see a magazine that has 100 pages in it, right. but 70 pages are ads. Yep. That'll never be the case in Crown. Mm-hmm. And so as a result, mm-hmm. we know that we're giving value for a dollar and we mm-hmm. sell a premium product and we built the business so that it could survive just based on the relationship between us and our reader. reader. I love that. Um, and every other thing you know that we've done on top of that is just us being slick and and caking out. <laughs> well, I'm but I mean, from the beginning, like, I feel like our first conversation, we wrote down like 15, 16 business models. Like, True that story. some we have already, we have proven the model, in, mm-hmm. of, you know, um, in essence, and others we will or are currently working on doing so. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, again, we kind of had something mapped out, and then it's just a matter of, again, like that timing. And what makes sense and what can we bring to market in a way and put it in front of somebody and get them to say yes, really, at the end of the day. So I got, I got, <laughs> I was about to, I got a few questions for y'all. Oh, wait. Okay. Your mic is. I got a few questions for y'all. Um, one, there's a story about you guys going to a, a music festival and having one-on-one conversations with over 500 women and exchanging your zero issue yes. uh, for Instagram followers and emails. True I, story. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) We were, yeah, out there in the dirt. (laughs) We we both from Cali, so we know how to come out the trunk with it. Mm -hmm. You heard me. And we, everything that's everything that's really that's really dope and that really connects starts at the at the at the grass root level, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? Right. And it's and it starts with with real people. And it's it's so crazy that we did something so low tech that had such a big impact mm-hmm. because what happened was since we were we were out there for a weekend mm-hmm. and we talked to 500 real people and I saw them it's that customer development right mm-hmm. <laughs> follow us right yeah. we had an acceleration mm-hmm. in our following yeah. in real life which made the platform go this must be interesting. This must right, be right. compelling content. Let right. us promote it. And so we enjoyed the benefits of that initial right. activation we did um, for many months to come. And that's how we that's how we grew our Instagram following so quickly with no mm-hmm. growth hacking. We hardly ever posted anything. Right. Right. We just have always maintained a discipline in terms of how we represent the brand and you know, look for, you know, real ways to to connect. And from the very beginning, we've done that. And even that is timing because mm-hmm. it's like Instagram as a platform has morphed even since then. Right. And so there's just knowing what the platform is, knowing where it is in its, you know, in its stages and knowing how to get in there and like extract what you need from it, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I feel like, you know what I mean, we got a premium product right here with Crown Magazine. Can you walk us through, like, how do how does somebody get on the subscribe or get to uh, to have Crown Mag? Is this something that we can pick up at the, at the stands? Is this something that we need to go online to sign up for a year subscription? Like how, do you, how do you get your hands on a Crown a magazine? Um, on our website, most of our sales go through our website, crownmag.com mm-hmm. slash shop. So you can purchase by volume, which is the first four, or you can order issues, one issue at a time. Currently, mm-hmm. you can, uh, I think, pre-order the first, or uh, is on back order the first issue, and then that you can order the second as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. And then we're also distributed um, in Brooklyn Museum uh, and a, a handful of other retailers, mostly indie black-owned retailers throughout this, the country. Wow. And so I know you guys, you're a quarterly magazine, correct? Four times a year, that's right. Four times a year. You guys are working on a big issue, which I'm very excited to, uh, to see in the, in the near future, um, the money and power issue. Uh, can you tell us about that? And, you know, you might even if, man, how can I, you know what I mean, contribute for it? You know what I mean? Like how, how do people get involved with, uh, with Crown and, you know, how do we? Well, you know, it's, it's the conversation that's on everybody's, you know, minds and mouths. And that is to say, we know our history in this country. We know our, our social economic position. Um, and we also know our brilliance and our genius. And we also know how much we drive culture and how much that culture is monetized. And so at this time, it's a time for a generation. Like we talk about all the time, we have a class. There's like a community of entrepreneurs that are that are emerging at the same time as us, and they all have similar sets of values in the sense that they're focused on building legacy, building transgenerational wealth. Um, and and for our third issue, the money and power issue, we are going into that world and, and want to have that conversation in, in the deepest, most informative way possible. So a part of that is we want to meet the people. We want to talk to the people, mm-hmm. the black-owned business owners who are scaling or have scaled successful businesses because that's, that's, that's one thing. There's a lot of information about the start or actually, and there's even more information about the desire to start. But some of the places where black-owned business have trouble is in once you've proven your model, mm-hmm. absent access to institutional capital, how mm-hmm. are you supposed to scale your, your business? Mm-hmm. And for us, we've had to be very clever in ha- how we're going about this. And we want to share our learnings in the money and power issue, but we also want to share the learnings of our classmates, so to say. How, what are some of the strategies that you guys have been able to implement in the absence of that funding that you talked about? Um, very disciplined spending. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, uh, very efficient and effective spending. Also, with monetizing early, we monetize from day one. Mm, I like that. Uh, it's a, it, the product was available to sell on day one, and it sold on maybe day two. Day two. <laughs> mm. But so the second day it was up, we already had proof of concept that even just on, mind you, it didn't exist. It was pre pre order. And so we just said, hey, we want to make a magazine for black women that's going to look like this. And every time a black woman saw it, she got excited and said, yep, here's 20, here's 100. Mm-hmm. You know, so, th- so that's coming to market early. That's important. Um, being frugal, that's important. Not, don't worry about what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Don't try to look like you, you have some kind of business that you don't. Right. Really mm-hmm. take the 
to have the discipline and build that business. Mm. And there's also, you know, out of every every time we spend, we try to get value more than one bit of value out of it. And likewise, um, when we have to produce something, when we put forth an effort, we always want to be able to monetize it in more than one way. So these, you know, these are some of the things that we use. Um, and we're, we're very interested in hearing from other entrepreneurs who have been in similar uh, phases of growth. And as a matter of fact, please, if you, if you have a business that you've scaled or in the, in the process of scaling a business, black-owned business uh, owners, talk to us. Um, reach out to us at crownmag.com slash contribute. Mm-hmm. And we want to hear from you. I love that. Yeah. Okay. I think he said, <laughs> I'm like, I don't remember the question now. So for me right now, I'm, I'm sitting here, you know, and when I met you guys, you know, Lindsay, I, I see a lot of times, you know, with Crown being that it's a woman primarily, uh, a, a magazine for women, that you're the face. But to see Nakruma here, you know, as, as a part of the brand, a co-founder, oftentimes as a man, I feel the women's movement is so powerful. I love it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And But at the same time, I'll be like, you know, it's kind of like, yo, you where can't sit with us. That? You know what I'm saying? Where the brothers at? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I saw that you guys uh, have a project called the Gifted Black Man Project. You know what I mean? Oh, no, that's not. No, I mean, I saw that Nkrumah was doing that project. And so for me, that, that was something that I just identified with. Yeah. I know it's something that you're probably doing separately. No, 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 no. Actually, that that that's a project that it's a photo series that we have featured in issue two of the magazine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and a, it's actually by a friend a friend of mine um, who went to USC as well, Jamie Milner. Okay. So she actually took uh, took those photos and exhibited them in Inglewood last mm-hmm. um, last year. So it's a photo set that's going to be yeah that's and, in. There. And for that reason, for you know just what you said, we yeah. wanted to give representation of, of black men and, mm-hmm. and uh, current issue of the magazine. And that's something, in the in the first issue, there was no brothers in it. Mm-hmm. And that's in part because we hadn't decided how we right. wanted to do that. Right. Yeah. Um, but Jamie's photo series was just perfect because yeah, she represented uh, humanity in black men and she represented diversity in black men. And so just to t- be able to turn the pages of the love issue and see, like, just see brothers just with different vibrations and different flavors, mm-hmm. I think um, you know, something that the sisters is going to enjoy. Mm-hmm. So one of the people that I saw in there, I don't know, have y'all ever seen Blacklist? You seen the show on Netflix? Blacklist. I haven't. I keep hearing about it, though. So the brother, one of the brothers who's filmed, in, I mean, photographed in the series, his name is Dembe on the show. Mm-hmm. And he's a, he's a very, in the show, he's a very, uh, very cool, like smooth brother but definitely about his business and, and, you know, about that action. And so when I saw that, I was like, oh, man, I got to mention this to them. I got to mention this to them, <laughs> you know, because it, it was just exciting, you know what I mean, to see that you guys are bringing it together, you know, where we kind of, you know, we don't get to sit at the table, but we at least get to get in the room a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Nah, y'all can sit at the table. We, <laughs> but, like, to, we like to be at the table with y'all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, in an article, uh, you stated that it's important to be strategic and uh, that just following your passion and working hard will not suffice. Mm-hmm. Um, can you collaborate? I mean, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, I just think it goes back to energy. Like you, you can you have a limited amount of energy, and it's like you have to be clear on: Are you putting that energy toward a business? effort mm-hmm. or are you putting it toward a non-business effort because mm-hmm. if it's a business effort it's just there are certain principles that are just black and white like it has to make money it has to you know there's there has to be strategy involved and I think um 
it's kind of similar to what, what Nkrumah was saying. It's like, I think because we have social media and we want to look a particular way, sometimes mm-hmm. we have like a, we, we focus more on looking like we have a business than like creating the business. Mm. And so I think it's just kind of that is like, being as, as strategic as you would be about yourself, you'd be about, like, <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. Be about the actual whittling of the business model and sitting with it and not being afraid to, like, dive into it and feel uncomfortable and realize, oh, wait, it's not strong enough. I have to tweak it. I have to fix it. And, like, um, that vulnerability that you were talking about. Like, mm. being willing to and honest enough with yourself and your partners, if you have them, that, like, we need to... You you have to be putting that energy towards something that's going to feed the business. Okay. The the well, now we, we turn into the favorites part of the show. So do you guys have, like, a favorite book that has, like, helped you on your journey to get to where you are? I feel like you have. Oh, goodness. Yeah. That's tough. Um, you can give us a couple. You know, it's all good. Some really impactful ones for you. Um, what was it? Business model generation is a really is a good one. That was the empathy mapping. It has like a whole breakdown of all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, after that one, I really liked running lean because um, mm-hmm. it kind of takes the canvas concept but makes it more testable, which I found to be very helpful, useful. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it? Four hour work week. That's always oh, yeah. Tim Ferriss. Yeah. Um, Alchemist. For me, oh yeah, that too. Is <laughs> It is the law of success, Napoleon Hill, and really, you know, if you if you if you spend the time with it, you'll need much more than that. Mm. You know, it's it's all in there. Everybody's stuff is in there, really. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, favorite quote that you live by or model? Oh man! Everything I do is the greatest thing I've ever done. Today's work is my life's work. Love that. Who's that by? You make that? That's me. Okay, love that. And oh I, I wrote that, that many, many years ago in an email signature. And then I was like, yep, that's, for, for me, you know, I always been thinking about, like, when I'm gone and everyone's looking through my stuff and looking through my work, all mm-hmm. the things I've created, I want it to be just nothing but just, just great work. Yeah. And so every day I'm like, I'm trying to keep a record for that day that I, you know, I put myself into my work. Does that mean that you journal as well? Just my, my work is my journal. Gotcha. And it all got timestamps. So, that's you know, that's interesting. I should find out if there's an app where I could get, like, an infographic of my file creation mm. so I could see what my off-seasons are. I need to see what's good. <laughs> yeah, and peak times. Yeah. Period. Yeah, absolutely. How about you, Lindsay? Man, I I don't have a quote. You have like such a good life quote. <laughs> now I have nothing to follow with. Um, man, I don't know if I don't necessarily have a quote. I just think at the end of the day, mm-hmm. everything has to come back to the purpose. Like I've I feel that I'm very fortunate to have found my purpose, and whether that is always within Crown, I'm sure it will always there will always be different iterations of it throughout right. my life Evolve. um but yeah like if it isn't about that it's really kind of a waste of time like mm. you know it's I, I think I just try to make sure that what I'm doing is is in line with and on the path of my purpose which is you know really to 
I think in a lot of ways to really show black people and black women our our beauty, our power. Okay. Uh, this, is, this question is the one that nobody can escape the show without answering. We need three things that you would tell somebody looking to create their best life. Three things? Three things. <clears throat> to create your best life. You have to... You have to be in tune to your values. You have to be aware of your abilities. Mm -hmm. And you have to be in control of your time. Okay. Hmm. Those are good. I can't go after you. (laughs) 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 Um, Three things to help someone create their their best life. Best life, yep. Um, stop comparing yourself. Mm. Uh, actually take time for self-care, which is one I need to work on. Um, (laughs) and, um, man, yeah, I mean, I guess operate out of purpose. Okay. Now we have a question from somebody on Facebook live, Dana Bobbitt. She wants to know, how did you feel when you realized that all of your hard work was going to be fruitful? Hmm. When did you know? Yeah, I'm like, I still feel like it's just like, uh, I still, we're on the journey, you right. know? And I think that's the thing is there's no end to this journey until it's over. Uh, it, so it's just like, you well, know. You know, and that back to what I said before about being quick to market, quick to monetize. I think the fact that we got to sell on this, our second day in mm-hmm. business, publicly in business, and the fact that we didn't we didn't take the time to make like the full product we made right. a little serving mm-hmm. and then we got out in front of people and we talked to 500 women and their reactions told me mm-hmm. this was a go right every time we showed it to them they was like right. oh my god where how can i get this yeah and just by seeing that mm-hmm. and then on the cherry on top was you know make those those initial sales that gave us proof of concept Right. We call that uh, it's almost like a seed launch, right? You, you're pre-selling, so you yep. do you know a, a iteration of the product, maybe the MVP, right? Exactly. You get it out there, see what's going on, and then you get that confirmation from that customer development, and you're like, look, we we out here. Yep, yep. So that's yep. real. Ouch I love you. that. So <laughs> what, what's what's coming up? What's coming up next for uh, Crown Magazine and, and you both? Yeah. Love on the street, money and power on the way. We're focused on having this conversation about. Uh, black economic empowerment. Um, you know, it's very important for us since we drive so much culture, create so much culture, mm-hmm. that we be in a position to monetize and against own. that. Cultural appropriation is natural. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Right? It's it's really cultural exchange. So it's naturally other folks is going to gravitate to the things that that we create in the waves that that we're on. But and it's cool as long as we get to stand behind the cash register. So what's next for us is really, you know, going in depth with these entrepreneurs across the country. Like, we want to know your stories. We're coming to hear from you. Okay. Yeah. That covers it. Okay. So this is the last part of the show where it's, we call it the turnaround. Y'all basically get to ask me any question that you want, and I have oh. to answer. So. Man. Okay. Yeah. The hmm. turnaround, huh? The turnaround. Turnaround. Hmm. What do I want to know? They cooking, y'all. Create your life, family. They cooking. <laughs> we're going to see what comes out of it. 
Oh, and Dave, uh, Dave Max said he loves the quote that you uh, that you Bless. wrote. Peace, Dave. I, I have a question, and that is, yes, sir. How has fear? What place has fear had in your career? Wow. Um, to be honest with you, fear is something that I have to face on a daily. Yesterday, I was I was scared to be vulnerable in that class because I was like, man, they gonna think. X of me, right? They, matter of fact, let me just keep it solid. I was like, man, they might think that I'm stupid because I don't have it all together. Hmm. And you know what I mean? There's been multiple times where I've literally taken myself out of situations that I, I had I went through it, I would have I would have been thriving on another level now. And I had a guest on here, Chris Canty. He said that no matter how many times you try to avoid the lesson, you still gonna have to learn it. Facts. And so fear now is just something that I'm just running up against. Like, you know what I mean? I feel it, you know, got the butterflies in my stomach. Just get up there. Like yesterday, I was, man, I was a little scared. I didn't want to be vulnerable at first. I faced it. One of the best things that could ever happen to me. So, um, but it's something that you face on a daily, man. And sometimes, you know, you have imposter syndrome. Are you in your head? And you just got to show up, man. That's like 90, 95% of stuff is really just showing up. Because, you know, if you've done the work, that's that's the biggest thing. Like sometimes people are... um, you know, you're a flash in the pan and you get 15 minutes. But if you've been doing the work for years, mm-hmm. then your body of work speaks for itself like you guys were talking about earlier. You know, this is about legacy. So I've been putting in the man hours. So when I get up there, whether or not, you know what I mean, I'm perfect at it doesn't matter, but I'm still progressing and I, I have uh, have improved. And then that, that feedback that I get um, allows to continue to improve because you don't want to be per- perfect because if you're perfect, there's no reason to leave. Uh, live and one of my mentors he said man correction is direction feedback is love yes i definitely agree with so, that. so you know what i mean yeah but fear has definitely played a part and i think it plays a part for everybody we just don't talk about it you that's real it. that's real yo feedback is love mm-hmm. uh I, heard, I had an elder tell me that when you receive a correction that's a mercy mm-hmm. someone is giving you a mercy because that correction don't have to come that way especially if it's coming from a loved one or, or a partner, mm-hmm. and back to that, you know, you know, working together, we have to be able to take feedback. Absolutely, because yeah. we don't know everything. Facts. It's true. Okay, I had another question, but now off of that, I'm curious to know, has there been any, like, pivotal feedback you've received in your life that was, like, a light bulb moment that was like, oh, my gosh, I got to do this a whole different way? Ooh, I mean, so many. Uh, I mean, just in in life, I think probably one of the biggest ones for me early on was is to act as to act as smart as I am. Mm. You know, because you know, coming up, you you know what I mean. You're a youngster or whatever. You know, you, your grades on point, but you cutting cutting the fool. So I think you know we're always trying to evolve and kind of get everything in line in alignment. I think that that's that was definitely one of the one of the biggest ones. Um, just be yourself. Was, was some game um, because there was a point where, you know, you, you're you trying to fake it till you make it. And as Nakuma said earlier, yo, just be who you are in that moment and allow yourself to be able to evolve. And I think be kind to yourself is something else that definitely a light bulb went off for me because I'm always are in the past have been so hard on myself because I never want to return back to where I came from. Mm. But at the same time, but you have to give yourself some love, mm. you know what I mean? And be like, okay, you know what? That was Kev at 27. That was Kev at, you know, 21, you know, mm-hmm. not the same and allow yourself to grow in that and admit to mistakes 
are the things that you might have done wrong, whether they involve yourself, be forgiving yourself, and other people. You said you had one more? No, no, no. That was a good one. Okay. I, that was what I wanted to know. Okay. Awesome. Well, Create Your Life Series family, man, thank y'all so much for thank being you. here. Like, it's really, really a pleasure to have you. We appreciate you having us. No, absolutely. So go out, subscribe, crown, mag. Crownmag.com. C-R-W-N-M-A-G. Yeah, get your subscription. You know, support the movement. Uh, support these beautiful people. How can we stay in contact with y'all via social media? Um, same. It's at Crown Mag on all of our platforms. So okay. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, and then I'm Lindsay Day, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y-D-A-Y-Y on all platforms. And I'm King Crown, K-X-N-G-C-R-W-N. On Instagram. <laughs> yeah, and I like that too, the way that you flipped uh, King. So, Create Your Life Series family, you heard it here first. We had Lindsay and Nakuma on the show today. Be blessed, and we will see you next Sunday. We out. Beautiful people, if you enjoyed this episode of the Create Your Life Series, be sure to download it from our podcast, which is available on createyourlifeseries.com, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Music. Also, be sure to leave a review of the podcast. You can catch us live on Sundays from 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time via 90.3 FM in New York or on Facebook Live at facebook.com backslash kevbrown1. We encourage you to participate in the conversation on Facebook or call in at 212-650-6903. Follow us on Instagram at CYL Series and at Kevin Y. Brown. Be blessed, and we'll see you back here live next week. Create your life. Create your life. Create your life. Create your life.